0: Well, welcome to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. I'm very excited to introduce our special guest, Carl Peterlin Jr. Carl, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Greg. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Well, before we find out what you're actually doing today, let's start at the very beginning, and please tell us, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Well, I guess like a lot of other kids, at least it was normal for me. I wanted to be an NFL football player.
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. I started at the age of seven. My Mom and Dad asked me if I wanted to join the football team, and I thought it would be so cool just to put on all the pads. and And so I said, "Sure!" And I played for fourteen years. Started, yeah, started at seven. Played for division, played Division three college football for a while, and that's how I got into college. So I've always wow. been tra- trying to do two things at once: studying and playing sports, studying and extracurriculars. Trying to do, trying to do a lot of things. And I think, well, you know, preparing for this and thinking about my past, I think I've. I've found that's a theme for me. So, yeah, but I wanted to be a college football player. Unfortunately, I'm six foot tall and not six five or six six or six seven, so that was dashed. But it got it got me rolling.
0: So, who was your favorite team and who was your favorite player?
1: My favorite player, Mr. Dick Buckus from the Chicago Bears. What a just a nasty old middle linebacker that could hit and make you knew you were hit. And man, just somebody i always admired. i i have still have pictures of dick butkus on my desk so
0: oh that's really cool so was that your favorite player and your favorite team
1: uh my, the vikings were my favorite team but it seemed to be that black and blue division over there where they're all just beating each other up every week it was <laughs> it was it was really fun uh yeah it was great and i'm still a huge college football fan oh it drives my wife absolutely insane i spend every saturday during the season In front of a TV from noon till two in the morning. I just love to watch the competition. Football is the real reality series that's on TV. That's real reality TV. You have 60 minutes. You have 22 guys out there. You have these boundaries and they go at it. And what you, what it's unscripted and all 11 on each side have to play the exact same way to make anything work.
0: Well, what was your first job you ever had? My
1: first job I ever had, well, I don't remember exactly, say, but the one that stuck with me was I did road construction, bridge construction on the highway because I was a bigger guy at the time. They said, oh, you could come out here and do this. My mom knew someone with a, with a concrete company. She asked if I could get in there. And I will tell you uh, that's when I decided to really hit the books and study more because that first eight hours I spent on a bridge deck in June uh, was was life-changing. I was cramping <laughs> up in muscles I didn't even know I had. I was uh, thirsty and crying and hot. And oh, it made, it made quite an impression on this lad.
0: That reminds me of one of my earlier guests, Todd Black. He was a financial advisor. His first job was moving concrete in Las Vegas in 114-degree heat. And he decided, much like you, you'd rather work with your brain versus your body. Is that correct?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it was paying three times the minimum wage then. And oh boy, I just, I was just like, oh, I couldn't do it.
0: That's a great thing to realize at a young age.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, it was. It was a blessing, blessing in disguise. I didn't consider myself blessed at the time.
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, now we understand the beginning of your career journey. You wanted to be an NFL football player. Well, tell us, what do you do today? Well, now I'm a, I'm a geek.
1: I'm a, <laughs> during the day, during the day, I'm an IT director for a school district. Um, I've come through the ranks. I've kind of downshifted at this point to work with some schools. I worked for fortune 10 companies. I've worked with private healthcare companies. I worked at a a nuclear power plant in their training division. I've had, I've worked for defense contractors. Um, I've had a lot of interesting jobs that, that the computers, the technology aspect has, you know, give me a chance to really expand and experience a lot of things
0: well speaking of which why don't you walk us through that before we learn more about your current job why don't you walk us through your career path there and how you went from college to these different roles to where you are today
1: well it started it started in high school at the same time you know football was coming around and we, <laughs> I, I got introduced to punch cards and the wonder of punch cards one of our math classes we had a in our area there was one mainframe computer at the Votech school and we got to have a computer science class so for a week we would work on punch cards punching your program into cards step by step and then sending them to the a uh, Votech school on Thursday on Tuesday you would get your cards back with a printout to see if your program ran or not so it was not quite a quite a sophisticated streamlined process but it worked nonetheless so that was my introduction i was I was highly excited. The opportunity, the innovation, the potential was evident to me even in that rough form all the way back then.
0: Yeah, can you explain that a little bit? Because I I know what you're talking about as far as punch cards go, but how did that exactly work where it turned it into a computer language?
1: Every card had one step. They were probably uh, eight and a half inches wide, probably four inches high, and they all had punches. So you had to punch out individual ones and zero individual blocks and it would make a step of a program one step say go to line 10 that would be one card you put these cards together and they would send these cards to the votech school they put it on a reader where it would suck in the cards run them by the light and translate those holes and lights it saw back into a step in the program and it would run that in the mainframe.
0: That's really amazing. So it basically comes down to doing the binary code of zeros and ones to come up with the computer language?
1: Yeah, almost like that. Almost that low. Yes, it wasn't zeros and ones, but it was close. So to get a C, you had to punch out these numbers. And to get a this, you had to punch out these numbers. And yes, and then you make one line of code. And the best part was we did a little bit of this in college, still with the punch cards. When you got a sophisticated program, you could have 200, 300 cards, say. And the worst thing you could ever do is fumble your cards.
0: Oh, I can't even imagine.
1: <laughs> All 300 lines of code are out of order. And of course, they'll never run.
0: So, <laughs> Wow, I can't even imagine. So where did you go? Like, what was one of your first IT jobs? You know, you mentioned a couple different uh, industries you worked in there. Could you kind of walk us through that?
1: I, I went to college, uh, started out at a local college and finished up at a state school here in Pennsylvania. I was finishing the degree, but I didn't really have a passion for it. I didn't right. really have a... A something that I could sink my teeth into. I knew what I saw before about the innovation, but there was nothing really intense about it for me. Then all of a sudden, the Macintosh got introduced, and that was the first graphical interface. And the only way you could use a Macintosh at the time, because they were so rare, was in a master's degree program. So, guess who signed up for a master's degree program? (laughs) Right. So. Learn the Mac, love the Mac, oh, from the very beginnings with the very basic icons, black and white, little screens. They were the most magical machines ever. So, as I finished up my master's degree, we had to do an internship. And so I went to work for an international defense contractor who was doing interactive video disc training, and they used all Macintoshes. So, a friend and I. We both went down. We managed to get internships. We set up their whole storyboarding process on the Macintosh. We set up all of the video disc um, recording instructions, all of their their video scripting. Uh, We did all this on a Macintosh. We had them networked with little LAN cables. It wasn't anything near Ethernet right now. It was still Apple Talk, but we set all this up and had a wonderful time. It was far away from home, though, so closer... Closer to where I lived, there was a power plant, a nuclear power plant. They were interested in interactive video disc training, also. Mm. So it cut down on training time, saved them a lot of money. Very uh, innovative. So I went and I started working there. And from then it just went on. It just as opportunities sprung up, I took them and I wanted to
0: experience them. That's awesome. That's that's amazing. You know, I, I can only imagine how the IT world exploded. Not only with the Mac, but everything that came after that over the last twenty, thirty years. Right. So that's really exciting to think about the adventure you went on jumping on from, you know, different companies, different challenges, all the while, probably growing your own experiential base as well.
1: And it's really interesting again in preparing for your in preparing to talk to you, Greg. I, I did a lot of, you know, reflecting and boy the wars today everything's circular i feel like a i feel like a modern elder because the fights today that you read about android and ios are the <laughs> same right. things we had with uh there was no windows so we had them with the macintosh operating system and dos and, right <laughs> you know what was running on the pc the mac versus the pc oh the wars the, the language, et cetera, et cetera. It, so it all seems to go in around in circles.
0: Right, right. Now, can you speak to your role and how you help out uh, within the school district?
1: Oh, sure. I, we're responsible for just about everything in the school district. So uh, IT usually um, gets this way and it's becoming kind of a frustration, but we understand it has to be done too. But we're responsible for networking. We're responsible for the computers, responsible for software, operating systems, Etc. cetera, all, all platforms, all devices, tablets. Now we're into phones, bring your own devices. We're using Chromebooks and using the G Suite. Um, we're using uh, you know, wireless networking and it goes all the way down to uh, TCIP telephony we're de- for the telephones, etc. And wow. IT is usually responsible for everything from a projector to a Chromecast, to a screen, to a telephone, to a security camera. We do it all.
0: That's amazing because you're not talking about one school. You're talking about multiple schools with yep. multiple needs Yes, across every different aspect of IT that you can imagine. So what's one of the biggest rewarding aspects of your job?
1: Getting these tools in the hands of people, getting that can impart it to the students and getting the students involved as much as possible. So for example, I mentioned bring your own device, BYOD. We want to be accepting. We want to be open. We want to get the students to use whatever device they're comfortable with. We want to be device agnostic. If you have a laptop, great. If you have a Mac, great. If you have a a cell phone, a smartphone, great. Don't care. Android, iOS, whatever kind of tablet we want you on. We want you accessing the cloud and we want you Accessing the tools that can help you learn.
0: The flip side of this: what's one of the biggest headaches you have in the role that you have?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Making all these partners dance together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would imagine that can be pretty difficult at times. I know I have my own IT issues, and they seem like they're just the simplest thing in the world, but they cause the biggest headaches.
1: Uh, uh, you know, they always say elephants don't bite; it's the mosquitoes.
0: <laughs> that's a great <laughs> saying i never heard that one so yeah, that's cool yeah. as a reminder you can check out all previous episodes at learnfromothers.org. if you're an educator or a student you can search for podcasts by career cluster and additional resources are under the resource tab so carl we learned what you wanted to be when you grew up which was an nfl linebacker or not a linebacker what position was it it didn't matter as long as it had nfl in it that was fine okay an <laughs> nfl football player and what you actually do today so if you could do it all over again, what would you do differently?
1: That's a great question, and I'll tell you, we are doing it differently. It's not what would I do, it's what am I doing? Because everything that I, we talked about thus far is gone and done. Everything I learned in college I, is no longer valid. It's not used anymore. Wow. Not, a, not a one of the programming languages, not a, not a piece of the networking, not a, you know, so everything had to be relearned. And I learned that and probably about midlife. I'm a little older now, but um, I probably learned that about midlife, that everything has – you have to keep learning. There's no way around it. And with technology, the way it's coming at us, the way it's developing – You have to do that.
0: Yeah, no, that's great advice. Yeah, it's hard to look back when everything's, the whole landscape's totally changed.
1: The the whole entire business landscape is shifting. And it's shifting that way because of exponential technologies. I don't know if you know, Greg, about the exponential technologies and how they come about. It's a whole different system, like a whole different numbering system when you talk about exponential versus
0: linear. I am totally unfamiliar. So give me the uh, 101 on it. The 101. And I, I
1: found this out. I went to, I was doing my my thing I, and at night as i mentioned before i do multiple things so i was developing a cloud application on my own time to do quality control on tablets and smartphones etc so there could be more reporting inside corporations that have machinery that was a basic idea and through one of my developers i got invited to a uh an event at google uh and went to see their cloud awards and i was totally blown away by what they were doing and the way the innovation was not it wasn't just linear it wasn't like a step or two away this was a whole nother plane and that's when that's when the exponentials became clear to me and i started driving everything i do for myself down toward the exponential technologies um and it, as i mentioned the exponential scale is different than the linear scale so w- humans are very good at linear but we're not so great at exponential and I have a story for you here, a baseball story, okay? Say, say we go to Fenway Park, the home of the World Championship Boston Red Sox. Right. I, I take you out there. We're heading out for a noon start, but we're not having any baseball today. I got you a ticket, but it's for the worst seat in the entire stadium, the <laughs> highest level, as far away from home plate as possible.
0: I'm very familiar with those tickets.
1: <laughs> well, you're welcome. <laughs> I got that just for you. Hey, listen, you'll be glued to your seat or handcuffed to it, but either way, I'm not going to let you leave. So down on the pitcher's mound, so you're in the worst seat possible in Fenway Park. Down on the pitcher's mound, I'm going to have a squirt bottle of water. And as I mentioned, we're going to start at noon. And I take a, at noon, I drop a single drop of water onto the rubber. Okay? And every minute after that, I'll double the number of drops. So it'll look like this. At noon, I drop a single drop of water. At 12.01, I drop two drops of water. At 12.02... I drop four drops of water. At, see the doubling, the exponential. Yep. At 1203, mm-hmm. I drop eight, eight drops of water, and so on. So the question is, how long do you have before you drown?
0: Now, see, I know this is going to be a lot shorter in time frame than I think. Right, but, but I, I'm going to say six hours. Six hours. Well, very good. You pass the months and the weeks and the days, so you're <laughs> way ahead.
1: But but even at a even at a great guess like that you would be completely underwater at 1249. Oh, my gosh. That
0: so is 1249. crazy. 1249,
1: yep, And that's just 49 minutes later. But here's the amazing part, Greg. You wouldn't realize you were in trouble until 1245.
0: Oh, right. Okay.
1: Nothing looks like it's happening. Up until then, the water doesn't appear threatening. I mean, it's barely making a mud puddle, right? And right. then all of a sudden, it's a couple feet deep on the field. And the next minute, it's halfway up the stands. And the next minute, it's over your head. So... That exponential, this doubling, is the way technology comes at us now, it, 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 because of Moore's law. And Moore's law was saying that the number of transistors on, a, on an integrated circuit doubles every 18 to 24 months, and it costs the same. So in the beginning, you don't see a whole lot happening, just like the little drops of water. But once it hits critical mass, it turns the corner on that exponential scale, and it just comes at you all, all too quickly. And that's how we're ma- that's how technology's moving. And I don't think, <clears throat> and I know I didn't think for 30-some years until I went to Google, I didn't appreciate that turn. It always looked like everything was going, okay, one and two and three and four. But then when it comes from a quarter of a stadium to half a stadium, those are big steps, right? They could really sneak up on you.
0: Right, absolutely. And this is a great tee-up for my next question. Let's make the assumption someone wants to do what you do. What advice would you give them? You know, the way you were speaking right then, everything we know right t- today, you know, that might be out of date, you know, sooner than we think.
1: Absolutely. It's already becoming out of date. Yes. If, if you know about it, it's absolutely becoming out of date, which is kind of scary, but kind of enticing too, right? And and it's not what I would do differently. It's what I am doing differently, right? And I, I want to impart this on the students and all your listeners, no matter their age, don't wait to be picked anymore. We have right. so many resources. We have so much ability for so cheap at the at our, at our fingertips. We don't need to be picked anymore. You could choose yourself. You can do what you need to do. Whatever you want to do. It's almost magical. You could do whatever you want to do with almost no investment. Like you could start a TV channel, right? Free on YouTube. Right. True. How much did it cost NBC to start or ABC? It cost incredible amounts of money. And then they only pick the shows. Now you don't even have to wait. You want to make a show? Make a show. You right. know why? You have a studio in that, in that supercomputer in your pocket. You have a, a, a camera that we, we used to cost thousands upon thousands of dollars just a few years ago. And now it's free inside your smartphone. You could use it. There's Video, studio, video studios used to cost a ton to set up and rent. They, a lot, and now you carry that around in your pocket. Same with music, with garage band. How much does it cost for drum kits and bass guitars and keyboards, let alone all the time to play them, right? Now you could just pull it up on your device and use it, and you just get to do it. It's your choice. And you don't have, and the, a, another important part here is you don't have to wait for a school to tell you what to learn or pick a class for you. Google has everything you want to know, Right? For for the I did I did one just before this podcast. I said I looked up medieval sword making, and you get over two point seven <laughs> million links in half a second. Right, half yep. a second, two point seven million links, and that includes one hundred and fifty thousand videos on doing it.
0: That's so just crazy. If you want yeah.
1: medieval sword making, there you go. Or if you want anything else, it's up to you. Whatever you'd like to learn: coding, artificial intelligence, drone making, photography, linear algebra. Sorry, linear algebra. Just click and learn. It's all sitting right there for you.
0: That is an amazing piece about all the resources that are out there now. Well, if I had to nail you down to one thing to do to go into the IT field, I guess, is there a particular college or degree or, I don't know, another avenue you would recommend for someone who might be in high school right now?
1: I think anything you could do with computers is fine, but I think a computer is becoming like uh, a pencil. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't get a degree in pencil. You could get a degree in drawing like using your pencil, but it's not just the pencil anymore. So computers is a foundational piece, a foundational talent in anything you do these days, right? Whether it's graphic arts, it's in Photoshop, everything everything is digital. And so anything you could do to become digital is fantastic and see how it goes, right? It is its own language. Programming isn't as necessary as it used to be because before you used to have to program in order for a computer to do anything. Now you swipe and click and you're done.
0: Yeah. So many of those fundamental programs have been, you know, they come as a basic part of the computer, you know, even, you know, website design now, you know, you you just use one of the services and everything's done for you. Right. It's uh, a lot easier today than it was even two years ago. There was
1: a fascinating (laughs) little thing uh, and uh, I should make the, I'll get the link available to you, but it was on Twitter and it had a, a picture of a full page newspaper ad from Radio Shack. And the caption of the picture was, everything you see in this ad is available in your smartphone. Oh, wow. There was GPS, yeah. there was a game machine, there was a music recorder, there, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The full page of, of devices are all free inside your cell phone.
0: Wow. Yeah, that is truly amazing. And I remember reading once something to the effect of the computer that allowed us to go to the moon You know, our phone now is like 10 times smarter than that computer was. And that was a room. Absolutely. (laughs) And it
1: had a heat sink the size of a Ford Pinto, right? And it had had a small electric plant of powering it. It didn't have – it wasn't cordless, right? Right. (laughs) They said back in 1981 that our uh, iPhone 6 – this was still back at the iPhone 6 time. uh, The iPhone 6 had more computing power. It would have been listed in the top 10 supercomputers back in 1980s.
0: Well – are there any current projects you're working on that you would like to share? Yeah, I'm writing. I'm writing a book actually to try and capture
1: these exponential technologies and the growth and apply them for businesses and for students and for students. And if we could back up just a bit, the, tip, sure. the typical career path. Talking about the the book, my book is called "It's All Up for Grabs." Okay, it was a quote I heard. It struck me like lightning when I was at Google. Like it's all up for grabs. OK, and, and that's why the typical career path, I don't believe, exists any longer. The Huffington Post last year put out an article that said 85 percent of the jobs that will exist in 2030 don't even exist yet. Right. right. That for students that are still in school, that's only 10 years from now. That's just when you're hitting your stride. Right. You have some experience, you have your education and in 2030, they don't exist yet. So here's here's what I suggest and what I'm what I'm writing about in the book, the grabs framework. Okay, GRAB stands for grasp, reimagine, allow and begin. Okay, so you want to with students, anybody, business people, anyone you want to make sure you go out there and grasp the technology, the Internet, smartphone apps, math, engineering, drones, artificial intelligence, all of it. Read the articles, watch the videos, get interested, get books, grasp, meaning get a secure on what's happening, what's occurring and what's developing. Because that'll set a foundation for you, right? I can't tell you exactly which programming language will be here in 10 years, but I know that that the the programming languages will be required, right? So you want right. to get a grasp and set a good a good foundation. You want to reimagine that technology. What you what you read, what you saw, how you saw it being applied. You want to reimagine that being applied to your business if you have a business. Or other businesses, if you're a student and trying this exercise, all right, then the exponential technology, you want to predict where it's going to be. Everything starts out small and deceptive, like the beginning of the baseball story, but it grows quickly and then has a massive impact. You want to make sure you're seeing things along that way. The way to get there easiest is to reimagine it. A is for allow. You have to allow yourself to do these things. You can't be negative. You can't think not you. It's to choose yourself we talked about before. It's a selecting. Be positive. You can do this as well as anyone. Allow it to happen, Right. right? So if you allow that, then you could just begin, okay? Just do it. Then you could do it again. And version one is always better than version zero, right? Version five is always better than version four. So the race here is to get to version one. Just do it. And it'll be better the second time around, and then you could do it again. The best part is for a little or no money, you could just do something else right as long as you're
0: doing that's such a great point about doing because part of the fear is what if it's not perfect, and nothing's ever perfect when it first happens. I mean just look at Apple, right. the iPhone right I mean they are one of the biggest companies in the entire world, and there's a revision or an update to their software where they have to fix a glitch right. like every other hour it seems at times so. Right. You know, don't let that fear stop you from taking that first step no right and and that's part of the process here uh y- y- the versioning
1: I tell the story in the book about versioning it's what you see when you get version office 2016 you expect that to be better than office 2014 right? You expect that to be better than office ten and it is the Microsoft got smarter. They had more resources and knew how to do it better. So Office 2016 is better than Office 2014. So you know your, your version 10 is going to be better than version 9 and 8 and 7. So the rush here is to get to version 1 because going from 0 or nothing to version 1 is critical. After that, it's just versioning.
0: Right, right. No, that's a great point. So what's the timing on your book? and? We will be sure to have updates as they are warranted on our uh, newsletter. Wonderful.
1: Well, thanks, thanks, Greg. Uh, it's going to come out qu- quarter one this year. I'm finishing it up now. I hope by the end of January, but I'm going to say in February because we all know how things happen. Right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, if you'd like to check it out, my site is it's all up grabs and I have a special link for the listeners too. So for some of the resources we talked about today, um, it's bit.ly, bit b i t dot l y slash learn from others, and you can find some of the resources we talked about right there.
0: That's really cool. Thanks for doing that. That's that's a cool thing to put on there. My pleasure. Well, as with most journeys, success largely depends on reliable transportation, and I'm a huge car enthusiast. We don't know each other, so I don't know if you are or not, but could you tell us what was your first car?
1: Oh, boy. This one's going to hurt. Well, it wasn't a pacer, so it was an AMC Gremlin.
0: Oh, that's even better. Those are classic. They were classic. It wasn't a
1: rolling terrarium. <laughs> So it looked a little like the Pacer was. We, even the Gremlin owners made fun of the Pacers. But, yeah, it happened to be an AMC Gremlin. Loved that car. Actually fell apart from underneath me. It just rusted out as I drove it. It was, it, was, it was great. It was a great first car.
0: Now, that has one of the most iconic emblems in the history of cars, yeah. the little Gremlin. Yeah. And I believe, maybe it was the Pacer, but one of them had a Levi's edition where the seats were actually in denim. Actually, so-
1: we had the Levi's edition, yes. Sir. Did you really? Absolutely.
0: <laughs> wow. Did you save the jeans? No, actually, they were the
1: first things to go. So we had to redo the whole interior, and it was quite the... Late 70s car, yes, mm, yes. There's a long story we'll have to talk about at another place.
0: <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Well, what is your dream car, if you have one?
1: It's going to be autonomous. I cannot wait to just have my car show up, pick me up, and take me to where I'm going, whether I take a nap or read a book.
0: Ah, okay. Well, then that day is coming, and I'm a huge car guy, and I honestly, I look forward to that as well, because I think there will always be the fun cars that you drive, right, you right. know, And I just think about, I've got a five-hour drive tomorrow. How much work could I get done if I didn't have to drive? You know, it's just, I see so much benefit in the autonomous cars coming.
1: Absolutely. Here's the other part I love to think about. Think about having an employee, right? Your car as an employee. You could buy that car. So let's say Uber comes up with this and they want to finance all these autonomous cars. You could buy one and have that be special for you. You will get your car when you need it. It can be scheduled in there. But it doesn't have to sit in your driveway or a parking lot ah.
0: for all those other hours during the day. It could go out and work for you. That is a great thought. I hadn't even thought about that. Absolutely, that is a that's really cool. Well, one great perk to some jobs is a company car. So if I had all the money in the world, I'd love to buy you a cool company car based on your job. So I picked it out. What a, <laughs> I I don't know that it's autonomous. Okay, not yet. But I not yet. <laughs> It's very close. I Googled what's the most technologically advanced car. Ooh. So that's where I started from. Oh. And I wanted to pick something that was kind of cool. So I didn't go the Tesla route. Ra- well, Teslas are cool, don't get me wrong. That was too that was too easy. Right. I didn't want to go that route. So I picked for you a brand new BMW seven series. Gorgeous car, you know, German, right. European manufacturing. Right. I'm gonna just read these cool little technological details off here. Sure. The roof windows are clear. They have LED ambiance lighting that makes the driving less stressful, so that's kind (laughs) of cool. It has Wi-Fi, so you can stream uh, Netflix movies to the passengers in the back. (laughs) It has a detachable, like an iPad, that's detachable that could do all the controls of the entire car anywhere within the car. And then it's got all sorts of stuff uh, that you would find elsewhere as far as a suspension, and you know, it it reads every bump in the road and makes adjustments, so... I thought that would be a really cool car for you. I'm honored. If I had all the money in the world.
1: <laughs> I'm honored. I think
0: I think that's fantastic.
1: I'm a I'm a BMW fan. Love the way they look and to hear that there's going to be less stress in driving, I'm all for it. I am all for it.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much, Carl, for taking us on your career journey today. I know you spoke about it briefly, but what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your upcoming book? It's all up for grabs.com That's
1: I-T-S-A-L-L-U-P-F-O-R-G-R-A-B-S.com.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Carl, for taking us on your career journey today. Greg, thanks so much for having me. I truly
1: hope the listeners got something from this. And they could reach me at Carl at It's All Up For Grabs with any questions or any requests they have.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for listening to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. Where will our next adventure take us? Subscribe to find out. If you know of someone who has a cool career story or occupation, contact Greg through Instagram at Greg Stanley LFO. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-L-F-O. And we will see you soon as we learn from others together.